a virtual session. Uh, hearkening back to the bad old days of meeting uh, by Zoom because of COVID. That wasn't it. You were out of town, vacation, and that one item to consider, so you convened a, a special session, correct, Mayor Kelly That's correct. Yes, absolutely. Um, but that may be a phenomenon that's going away. Uh, it, it's, it's looking like we may be moving to the end of the emergency order period, and that's really the auspices under which we were able to have mm-hmm. virtual meetings. Uh, un- under normal circumstances, month in, month out, under state law, you have to gather in person outside of the context of an emergency order. By the way, what was the, the Mayor Kelly Gertz in studio with us, just diving right in here? What was the context of that meeting last week? So th- there were a bunch of complexities around construction of the Classic Center Arena, having to do with uh, rock removal and soil segregation, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then some of the component pieces of the the built structure that's going to be coming, uh, canopy and seat coverings. And so we, we had to true up the budget, uh, not increasing the overall budget amount, but moving money around within the budget. Now, I'm seeing that Paul Kramer, the Classic Center director, is calling for a new hotel tax to pay for some of this. So th- that was a, a proposal about a month ago. Um, we, we've really moved on from that. And instead, what we're going to have is a very small special tax district that's really going to be on the Classic Center campus itself because there are going to be at least three private developments on the Classic Center campus. And so those will be specially so taxed. Would this be a TAD, a tax allocation district uh, or similar? Somewhat different than that. There already is a TAD on, on that. But this will be a special tax district, uh, much like the Beltline in Atlanta has done to try and extend that work. Uh, another item that a lot of folks, especially those who traverse the east side dealing with and, and will be, we are told for some length of time now, the, the issue beneath College Station Road, this is, I guess, south of the loop and impacting the westbound lanes. That's right. It had a water main break there, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, stretch closed and going to be closed. What's going on there? Well, th- this was a break that occurred when uh, a fiber cable layer, private uh, fiber cable layer, shot the fiber cable underground through a 16-inch water main. And so you've suddenly got this geyser that emerges, and you've got a lot of underground deterioration of soil and rock. So if this was a surface thing, then it would already be repaired. We would have moved on. But you have to do a lot of geotechnical analysis. And as anybody who's in the trades right now knows, those kind of specialties are just hard to access. People are doing a lot of Mm. work, and, and there aren't a lot of people. There's not a lot of free labor out there. So uh, we just need to make sure it's a safe roadway to drive on. And so that's going to take some weeks. We would wish, obviously, that it was all patched up and done. But the last thing we want to do is have you drive over a potential sinkhole. And so the plan is, or the goal is, uh, to have it up and running and reopened in time for, I guess, dorm move-in, which is around the 12th of August, the first day of classes, fall semester at UGA, the 17th of August. It occurred to me to wonder, I was asking somebody familiar with this, I said, you know, they they put in that big water plant out there some years ago. Explain it to me in such a way that I understand it here. Could that have impacted what did y'all do said well we drilled holes under the ground that's that's what we did and is that any connecting of the dots there so the um the the main that was hit was an actual uh, freshwater supply main the plant that's out there is the wastewater Wastewater. treatment facility Mm -hmm. so you know obviously uh you know you know, you, you got your mouth and you got your other end, right? Mm. And uh, so that, that, that deals with the other end. Okay. Mayor Kelly Gertz with us. Uh, again, uh, our first in-studio conversation since the election win of what, May 24th. That's right. I think it was. Uh, there were five challengers. First of all, why are so many people gunning for Kelly Gertz? And second of all, how'd you fend them all off close to 60% of the vote? I think I just had made the job look like so much fun the last <laughs> couple of years, Tim, that uh, everybody thought, geez, that looks like a gig that would be enjoyable uh, in the midst of a 
the pandemic and, you know, social uh, unrest. Um, you, you know, I think the reality is that everybody has been challenged by the last couple of years. And, you know, from the national level on down to the local level, you know, people are frustrated and, and frustrated sometimes by circumstances that are beyond the control of any elected leader, but sometimes frustrated in ways where they would like to see some differences made. Now, what I did learn in the midst of the campaign, you know, from some of the other candidates and certainly from talking to people on the street, which which I do a lot of, is just that there needs to be better knowledge about civic affairs. You know, I mean, you're in media, Tim. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've witnessed something of the deterioration of the media landscape over mm-hmm. the last 15 or 20 years. So one of the things that I'm critically attuned to in the next four years is just making sure we've got as many vehicles as possible for people to understand how stuff works. You know, we were just talking about one simple roadway and, uh, and, and utility issue here with College Station Road. I, I want to make sure that there's just more walking around knowledge in the public. Well, one of the things that can, and, and this is talk about a double-edged sword, one of the things that can help and one of the things that can be a huge impediment to that, social media in all of its various forms. Th- th- that's right. Yeah, no, it's, it, talk about the double-edged sword. You're exactly right. So I, I think we, as an entity, Athens-Clark County, need to double down on effective use of social media. And, you know, you've got to get to a lot of audiences. You know, you're getting to young people. You're getting to retirees. You're getting people in the middle of their working lives. You're getting people across the social continuum. So we've actually bolstered our public information office uh, with a new outreach position uh, that we put in the budget last year, a year ago. And there's one that's going to be coming on later this year that's a sort of digital media person. Mm -hmm. And so my, my desire is that we just see people with more Good information, uh, r- rather than you know some of the some of the scraps of less quality information that tend to float <laughs> around the web. Uh, you're going to take office, Mayor Kelly Gertz, for a second term in January. You're going to immediately look around and be surrounded by some different faces. Uh, some of them of different pigmentation. First time in history, uh, half the commission will be mm-hmm. black. Ideologically, though, I think it's accurate to say a more conservative commission than in years past. Uh, does that present any kind of challenges? You describe yourself as a progressive. Then I'm going to describe you as somebody who kind of occupies middle ground. I look at some folks on that commission who are way, I think, way to the left of you, and there'll be some folks who are somewhat to the right of you. Am I mischaracterizing you as something of a centrist there? Well, I I think what I do, you know, even being a progressive, is I look for common ground. You know, that's the only way to effectively operate any operation. Shoot, you know, whether you're, you know, running a dump truck service or a restaurant or a city, you have to look for some areas where people can collaborate. If if you own this thing together um, and, you know, I always have to remind people the commissioners do not work for me. They work with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes against you. uh, And and occasionally (laughs) against you. But they're not my employees. And so what we have to do is we have to sit down. And so I've always been very strategic about setting up an annual cycle of creation of our, our master plan of deciding, you know, what are our strategic priorities? And so while I think that some elements of, of ultimate outcomes in City Hall may change a little bit. I, I think strategic priorities are around uh, employment needs, uh, around safety, both on roadways and in neighborhoods and in youth development. Th- those are going to be things that continue to resonate, I think, even with the oncoming commission. Hey, we're going to get started.
Um, good evening and welcome to the July 7th, 2022 meeting of the Athens Clark County Planning Commission. Now, that was the Planning Commission meeting we were discussing earlier with Athens Mayor Kelly Gertz, the County Commission addressing this as well. Any number of items dealing with that uh, construction of the new Classic Center Arena downtown that work ongoing in studio is Mayor Kelly Gertz this morning. That, that whole, I don't know, you probably weren't here. I wasn't. Uh, when there was Classic Center controversy, all that you've heard the stories yes. uh, about whether to construct it at all, what to call it, what it should look right, like, who should location. be paying for it. It's difficult for me anyway, and I, I'm sure some of the folks, many of them still around and can still pick sides in that argument of all those years ago. But you look at what that thing's turned into now and what it represents Such now. Such an economic engine, absolutely. You know, hundreds of thousands of hotel room nights a year represented by the conferences and conventions and gatherings that happen at the Classic Center. Uh, I mean, it's impressive. And, I mean, at least a key decision early on was to cite it downtown, cheek to jowl with our commercial district and the university, which I think has kept a lot of the convention business coming. You know, you go to peer communities around the state, you know, Augusta, Macon, some other communities where their convention center is, you know, detached mm. from their downtown, you know, those are less interesting places to go to. But, you know, in many ways, we sell ourselves with folks who come through the Classic Center. And so, you know, a 17-year-old comes for a high school technology conference to the Classic Center and then wanders down the street and has dinner at De Palma's mm -hmm. and then wanders a couple more blocks over to the Arch and says, geez, this is a great town. I, I'm, I'd, I'd love to go to college here. And so uh, it's, I think, had a lot of value add, even beyond those hotel room nights. So I'm so glad for that. And really excited about the arena coming online in about another year and a half. Getting an East Coast Hockey League franchise yep. in here. I, I, I covered one of those, went to games when I was in Tallahassee. It's, and they have one over in Gwinnett, obviously, as well. That's going to be fun stuff. There have been talk over the years about the area beyond downhill, if you will, from the Classic mm -hmm. Center there along the river, various ideas and proposals. Where, if anywhere, is any of that discussion now? Well, I mean, really some of that is, is coming to pass. You know, you, you probably remember the discussion of more than a decade ago of the River District, or I think it was branded the Blue Heron the District Blue Heron, at the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a few years, but some of that is happening. So one of the pieces of private development on the Classic Center campus is right down there on Willow Street. And so you're going to see some multifunctional activity, you know, hopefully some family-type activity where you'll have people spilling out of the arena and then walking along the riverfront. So that's, it's really exciting. Um, and then, of course, you, you don't go very far before you find the crossroads in our trail network where the mm -hmm. Firefly Trail and the Greenway cross each other. And we're probably about two and a half years out from Firefly being completed from downtown Athens all the way to the county line in Winterville. Um, and Oglethorpe County is, is really now on board with some analysis, too. So uh, I, I think of that core of downtown and down on the river as being the epicenter of all kinds of positive activity, economic development activity, exercise, leisure, fun. We were having these same conversations, Mayor Kelly Gertz, six, seven months ago about the other end of town, the mall property out there. It was going to go before the Planning Commission and then to the Commission. Thought we might be done with this by now. And it's kind of, as a talking point, uh, receded. Where is that whole thing? The, the mall developers are, are rearranging the physical pieces on their property, but that's going to be coming to us probably late this summer, early this autumn. And so uh, th that's really the kind of activity I'm excited about. You know, every community has these corridors of town that were built out 50, 60, or 70 years ago that really are in need of some revitalization where you've got 
core infrastructure. You've got water and sewer capacity. You've got state highways. You've got you know fiber data lines now, um, but you've got these bones that really are sort of haggard or really have sort of moved beyond their market viability. And so I'm excited about the group that's going to be revitalizing that area. And I think if you would project ahead in the next five or 10 years, you'll probably see that entire West Broad Street and Atlanta Highway corridor revitalized and infused with a lot of new life. I mean, it's no secret that we're in a housing crisis now. And so part of what we just need are places for people to live. And I think that corridor is going to provide a lot of that. Uh, Brings us to another topic I wanted to address this morning, the issue of homelessness Mm -hmm. in Athens. Uh, We're some months now, and I I don't know if experiment's the right word to use, but it's the one that comes to mind. The homeless encampment there, Chase Street, Barber Street over on the west side, 50 some odd tents, I think. Uh, from your standpoint, from your perspective, how goes that effort right now? I, I, I visit uh, at least a couple times a month, uh, sometimes more often, and on the ground, you know, that effort is going well. Um, I think a lot of the fear factor early on was that you were going to just simply move the very uh, sort of untended, ragged, uh, sort of self-built homespun kind of stuff that was in the wilderness in some areas mm-hmm. around town to a public property. Um, but I encourage people to visit and make an appointment and go over there. You'll find almost a military operation. You've got like tents in very neat rows. You've got spaces for people to go get a cup of coffee, to sit, to get water, to do all the things they need to do. Um, but I want to remind everyone, it really is just a first step. And so we're engaging with other That's communities. literally the name of it. It right? is the name of it. That's yeah. right. And so uh, as we talk to places like Birmingham, Alabama, and Gainesville, Florida, we're figuring out how do we set up a more permanent apparatus to keep our homeless number as low as we possibly can. And I name those communities because they're ones that have pushed their homelessness down, you know, even while it's rising in many cities like in Savannah and Atlanta and here. I want to tread lightly here. It has been reported elsewhere, and so I I suppose we're obliged at some level to discuss this, but there have been out there now in in the public realm some allegations swirling around the director of this, uh, Charles Hardy. I've hesitated because to this point I'm not aware of anything at any official level. Some he said, she said, and I I don't tend to like to get into that stuff. You're the mayor. You kind of have to. What do you, as you look at that, some of the stuff that's out there, what do you see in here and think about doing, if there's anything to do? Certainly, I'm aware of those allegations. And and, and like you, I've got to be thoughtful about the the way I respond. And and I'll respond to you like I do any member of the public who calls my office, which is to say that, you know, we have an apparatus for investigation of those kind of allegations. Um, You know, whether it's a harassment claim, you go through the county attorney's office, or whether it's a more significant assault kind of claim, you can go through the police department. I encourage anybody who's got claims of that sort to do that, to call the police department or call our county attorney's office. Um, you know, it is not my job to, uh, to to conduct those investigations, nor should it be. Mm. And, and so I'm glad we've got those professionals who are on the job. At the exact dollar figure escapes me how in, in my imperfect memory, I'm thinking a couple of million dollars. A couple the University of dollars. Georgia is saying we're going to invest this into downtown safety. Uh, the university dipping into its own resources uh, to keep its students safer in the downtown areas off campus. Uh, what's the level of back and forth with the athens Clark County Police Department, the University of Georgia Police Department, the level of concern downtown? We are constantly engaging with the university and then with the public broadly. 
Um, you know, what, what I would encourage anyone to do is really look at crime data over the last couple of decades. And if you were a student at the University of Georgia in 1990 or 95 or 2000, you were in a dramatically more crime-prone environment than you are in 2022. Now, I'll be very honest, we have had spikes in a couple of areas. We've had some uh, auto thefts, uh, we've had auto part thefts, and we've had a rise in aggravated assaults over the last 18 months or so. Well, that's the concerning thing. It's one thing to steal my car, something else to beat me up. Yes, that, that's exactly right. Now, many of those are known person assaults, right? So you've got two people who are involved in a criminal enterprise mm. together, or you've got a domestic situation. Um, what we've not had is a broad crime rise in, in all areas. People but, aren't getting mugged. I mean, they are, but not Certainly, to, to, to some degree, we know that that's the case. And I do encourage you to go on uh, accgov.com, and, and you can look at, at crime data there uh, on a month-by-month basis, you know. Do pay attention to that. It's important. We were talking about access to information earlier, and we do have a lot of information accessible on our website. What we have done is we've invested in investigative apparatus, and we've also invested heavily in prevention. You know, we know a lot of these crimes are conducted by young people, and we're putting as many as we can young people in environments where they're not going to be crime prone, where they're going to have pro-social activities. Uh, there was reporting this week about the two new Boys and Girls Club centers that are open in public housing that, that are funded through uh, the unified government. And so we're critically attuned to having a laser focus on elimination of these crimes. Um, we know we just don't get into a no-crime environment, but we want to get as damn close as we mm-hmm. possibly can. Mayor Kelliger, speaking of which, the, the ongoing search for a new police chief by charter, that's the manager's job. Mm-hmm, I, your assessment on where we are in that process and what you would like to see in a new chief. Certainly one of the things that I'd like to see you know, from the policymaker role is a police chief who's very engaged with the community. I mean, that's just an essential thing in Athens and an essential thing in every community, but I think it's a hallmark of this town, is that people want you on the street. People want to be heard. People deserve to be heard. And so we need a chief who can hear the community and hear the department as well. And so to that end, one of the things that uh, County Manager Blaine Williams did early on is put out a call for, uh, for thoughts to the community and to the department. Um, and so uh, at this point, here we are in early July, my expectation is we'll probably have a police chief by the end of September. All right, audience, you judge. It sounds to me as if Mayor Kelly Gertz has recovered from the mild concussion he suffered a couple of weeks ago in that fall. On Where's that, up near Royston? Victoria? Yeah, I was up by Royston hiking uh, at Victoria Bryant State uh, Park. A lovely spot, uh, I will say. <laughs> good people up there and, and, and a great natural environment, uh, good place for a hike. Um, but like a lot of this area, the Piedmont in Georgia, Uh, these granite outcroppings and I slipped on one and knocked my skull pretty good. Sounds like he's recovered. Glad you're able to be with us this morning. Best of luck moving forward into a second term, Mayor Kelly Gertz.